Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch, right? Is this what this signifies? It, it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important. The champ is here. We've touched down from a higher plane. Why you made it here? We always look forward to that week because it was always intense. You know that we ain't coming back. We got to the man, the myth, the legend, Dante Hall. My 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 favorite player growing up was Dante Hall. I love you guys, show, but Dante was my guy. Get to dashing because you done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome to our the Chief Concerns After Dark, uh, a post game show. After man, a uh, uh, wow, look at you, look at you, your cigar there, buddy. <laughs> you feeling pretty good after that uh, that nail biting win, huh? Marcus, listen, this is something that we should be used to by now. But you know, I'm going to relish a little bit tonight because this is what we would call a long time coming. We've been hearing all off season and then during the regular season that this team or this quarterback was going to take down the Chiefs or take down Patrick Mahomes. And yet here we sit with seven games to go. The Chiefs now have a four-game lead on their division. And they're about to clinch. Essentially, they already did clinch their seventh consecutive AFC West. So although this is something we do now, we don't storm the court. We don't storm the field when we do these little victories like this. It's always nice to bask in this every once in a while. We've heard nonstop rhetoric all offseason and all regular season about what this team's not going to do without Tyreek Hill or that the defense is too inexperienced or that Patrick Mahomes has been figured out. Marcus, I'm enjoying tonight, baby. I don't know about you, but I feel really good. Oh, I'm on top of the moon. Uh, actually, uh, besides the subject of us winning, I ended up because the Chiefs game, I ended up winning uh, five grand on a hundred dollars uh, because of betting uh, this weekend. Um, so pretty pretty excited about that. I was very close to cashing out during that game, but you know, when you know Mahomes with two minutes left, uh, you know, you just you just know Mahomes. I mean, that's he's the guy. Um, so for everyone who's joining us, uh, maybe for the first time, uh, our uh, uh, le- legendary um, tight end Jason Dunn will be joining us. Uh, JD will be on soon. Uh, but gotta say, uh, that game. There's a couple questions that came away from this. One, Mahomes did it without his top guys. Uh, Juju out. Um, MVS may as well have been out. Um, Juju out. Harbin out. Um, Tony out. 
Um, am I forgetting? Did I say Hardman already? Yeah, Hardman's out. Tony essentially was out for two and a half quarters. Yeah, I was expecting a lot from him. But, man, I, Tony being out really opened up the fact that Sky Moore, who a lot of people have been really shitting on, just because his punt – that's the thing. People have been shitting on him because of his punt return abilities. It has nothing to do with his abilities as a receiver and grasping the playbook and as a rookie coming in and doing his thing. He looked amazing, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't think we win that game without without Sky Moore. I mean, that that grab he had when he kind of when he dove down, which I thought they like bounced on the ground when they showed the replay when it was, when it clo- when it was close up on him, which just, uh, it, it touched his face mask. I mean, he showed why we drafted him uh, tonight. Um, Justin Watson doing his thing per usual. The tight ends, I know JD will come on here in a little bit to talk about the tight ends, but the tight ends, but Noah Gray's just coming to his own. Jody Fortin, you know. Catching balls outside of just the red zone, um, so we're actually using, utilizing him uh, all over the field. Um, and then Kelsey, I mean, I have yeah, I, I was wearing the jersey tonight. I wore it last show. I mean, you can't. <laughs> I mean, he's unreal, man. I mean, it's like we're so lucky to have Mahomes, but then we're just so lucky to have Kelsey as well. Um, I just, JD will. I'm sure JD will will talk about the tight end uh, for at length, but. This show, you know, his chief concerns. We, we 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 do prop up the concerns that we see out there. And Nick Bolton was not one of them. His two penalties, those were concerns, though. I will say that. Um, third and eighteen is the one that's gonna that's gonna haunt me. Uh, it would have haunted me for for a long time if we had lost that game. But third and eighteen, single high safety. Thoughts. Yeah, this is the stuff that I talk about all the time. I know people think that I just want to come down on Spagnolo, but I don't. I actually like Spag and respect him a big a big amount. The problem, though, is that Spag does this continuously. And you saw people on Twitter talk about it, that whenever it's third and forever, or as I like to call it, third and eternity, Spags leaves that single high safety, and we know what the, op- the op- opposite, uh, opposing offense is going to do. They're going to throw the ball downfield, and at worst they get a penalty for a rookie cornerback trying to hold on to the receiver that just burnt them. Joshua Williams did everything he could on that play. The problem is, once again, you're going against a skilled veteran receiver that knows how to get open in plays like that. And when there's no coverage over the top, no protection, no help over the top, far more times than not, your guy's going to get burnt, and that's what happened. Sure, the victory makes it seem less less, uh, uh, of a problem, but it's still a problem because we're seeing this time and time again in the Spagnola era, and I don't understand what he's processing. I would love to hear him explain that. Because unless you have a, a lockdown corner like Pat Sertan or a Sauce Gardner or guys like that, and even that's risky. But you don't have that guy. No offense to the guys that the Chiefs have, but these guys aren't that. And it's and to me, I feel like you set your guys up for failure far more often than not when you do things like that. So I did not agree with that at all. It was a great play by Herbert, great throw, great catch by Keenan Allen, but the opportunity should never have been there to begin with. Herbert should have had to check that ball down because it was locked down with a double coverage, and then he would have to just try to settle for whatever they can get on fourth down because you knew they would have had have gone for it so i would have much rather that scenario it's just something that spags just can't get out of his way i love the fact that the play before he drew up a perfect delay blitz on willie gay no one saw that coming no one saw that coming that was a great write-up but right after that man it's just like he just takes two steps forward and 15 steps back and it just doesn't make any sense man yeah i mean overall like i seeing that and i will say coming out of the halftime i mentioned the last time i played on sunday night football i tweeted we came out, first half, we looked like dog shit against Tennessee. I mean, Henry was just dominating us. Second half, we make adjustments. They went, they had like 10 yards against us total in the second half. Tonight, same kind of deal. The first two drives, we they went, they had 
five play. They wait, we got one first down that first drive, and then they punted it. Um, and then there's three and out again. So for the second half, all in all, Spags had an amazing game plan. Yes. That third and 18 was the one that kind of, you know, you bat an eyebrow to that. Um, but it was the most sacks uh, Herbert's ever had in a game. He's ever taken ever taken in a game. So five sacks um, from our guys. I mean, and I think with this game, I think we surpassed our te- our sack total from last year, I believe, right? Because we had 32 yes, last year, now we have 32. 32, and then we had 29 and a half sacks last season for all 17 games, man. They have wow. seven games to go. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I would say personnel, obviously, as far as edge rushers has gotten, is better than it was last year. But, man, I mean, talk about what, what you saw from the edge rushers uh, tonight. Um, and, and that ability, second half at least, first half really not so much, but second half the ability to kind of create the pass, the pressure uh, to kind of, you know, have, uh, you know, to, to do something with their offense and have them, you know, have more three and outs than they did in the first half. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give some credit to a, a friend of ours, a, a colleague, actually, um, Lexi Osborne from Kingdom Queens. She had a great tweet a couple of days ago. I mentioned this on my show on Saturday. I'm going to mention it again on here. She said that Carlos Dunlap has been far more effective than even what Melvin Ingram was, and we all loved Melvin Ingram when he was here. It's the truth, man. Carlos Dunlap has brought so much veteran juice to this team because that was the biggest concern for, for me personally, and I know a lot of Chiefs fans, probably yourself included, Marcus, going into the season – what is the pass rush really going to be about? Is it going to be Chris Jones and Chris Jones and a bunch of guys? Sure, Karloftis has promised, but we all know that rookie pass rushers, it usually takes them a full year, sometimes two years, to really become what they end up becoming. Karloftis has looked incredible. He's getting pressures left and right. He's not getting sacks, but he's getting pressures. He's making life difficult for quarterbacks to where they have to respect his side of the ball wherever he's lined up. When it comes to guys like Carlos Dunlap and Mike Dana, who, by the way, I think they need to get a DNA test because I'm pretty sure he's Justin Herbert's dad because he's <laughs> just constantly punishing this dude for whatever he did you know, in his childhood. Maybe he just stayed out late or just you know just disrespected his curfew. Regardless, Mike Dana punishes this man every time he plays him, and it's just unbelievable what we saw out of him. And you could tell the Chiefs have been missing Mike Dana when he was gone for that extensive period of time when he had – I think it was a, a, a hip or calf injury. I forget what it was. But he was definitely missed. He showed up in a big way tonight. The blitz packages were incredible. That's the one thing that I will never knock Spag on is he knows when to dial up blitzes. Sometimes he likes to hit them a little little too often. But when they work, man, they are they are effective as hell, and people respect him for that, myself included. And I think that the edge rush, when, when it mattered the most, when they really needed the guys to step up and make a play, Far often, more often than not, they made a big play tonight, man. I got to give the defense a lot of respect. I gave them a ton of respect on my show on Saturday. I talked about how against the the Titans, against the Jaguars, although Patrick Mahomes was glorious down the stretch, and he was glorious again tonight, and we could talk about him. It's the defense that's solidifying these things because once you think the game is going to get out of reach, they make a big stop. Nick Bolton bopping that ball out, making things happen for the offense, giving them second life because the offense, for whatever reason, as talented as they are, they find themselves in these lulls where they'll go two or three drives where they just don't do anything, and it's frustrating as hell. But the defense has been stepping up big time. That's credit to Spagnuolo. That's that's credit to guys like Chris Jones, in my opinion, is the defensive player of the year so far. 100%. We talked about that last week. Uh, we're going to get our guy, uh, former Chiefs tight end, Jason Dunn, coming in here. J.D., obviously, you can tell uh, our guy over here celebrating like he's uh, he just got his new yeah, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. That's, hey, that's the way to do it. Doing it right there, right there, Lance. Now, the best way. To <laughs> How are you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. I say, looks good. Looks good. Look, I just, I just told Marcus I don't want to take this over, but Marcus like, oh, he's got a little celebratory. For me, it's simple, man. You heard it just like we, I did. You heard it just like Marcus did. All off season, all season long, 
We heard about this this team or this quarterback taking over the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. It's this team's time to shine. The AFC West is the Chargers. The Chiefs are going to take a downfall because of losing Tyreek Hill. They're inexperienced across the board. And what did we see tonight, Jason? We saw the Chiefs just clinch their, their seventh consecutive AFC West championship. So it's a beautiful thing, man. I'm living it up. I'm basking in this. And there is nobody else I'd rather be than you with you two gentlemen right now to talk about this glorious victory that we just had at SoFi Stadium. Yeah. Oh, man. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You know, it was one of those things, a hard-fought battle, no question about it. We knew it was going to be like that going into the game. You know, I mean, it's – it's you know, anytime you play in a divisional opponent, it's always going to be a hard-fought game. And and I always tell people this all the time, uh, like when I'm on fantasy, everybody looks at me, they play in a Super Bowl when they play me on fantasy. So <laughs> that's not a charge to look at, you know, the Chiefs, man. They, they got to bring their A game as much as possible. They brought all the guys back from, from injuries, you know, Keenan Allen and, you know, Mike Williams, you know, try to get those guys back healthy and, you know, see what they could have done. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the game, man, they didn't have enough. And so – Anytime you put the ball in PM15's hand in 87, you know, shoot, things going to go well for you. And so they, it, it was incredible just that last drive. You just kind of knew what was, I knew what was going to come down to. You know, I think a lot of people didn't have a doubt. If you did, then I just, I don't know what you're doubting. I don't know what you, you know, <laughs> what, you, what you're worried about, really. I mean, yeah. shoot, the guys, this all across the board on offense just showed that they was able to come in and, 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 you know, put everything on their shoulders and make things happen. So that was a great thing. You know, seriously, it was. Uh, JD, uh, there, so obviously there's a lot, there's a lot of good in this uh, to talk about in this game, but um, there's one thing I wanted to ask you about. that's getting a lot of attention. I noticed it. Shan Sharp tweeted about it. And everyone was tweeting about it. Third and 18 single high safety. What was your, what are your thoughts on, on that, on that play call uh, when they converted that, that third and long. I mean, like I said, man, it's one of those things, you know, what are you going to give up? I think Joshua Williams had, you know, the way he played it, you know, he was trying to put him on his hip. He was trying to feel him. I thought he did a good job. But Kenny Allen just made a play. You know, I, I get it. Like, if, if you play over the top, which you, you, of course, after that happens, it's like, man, I wish you had somebody over the top, right? Um, so, yeah, that, that's, yeah, there's validity in that. No question about it. No question about it. But, hey, we – Bottom line is we ended up making more plays than they did and winning the game. So we can always go back, hey, you know, third and 18, I get that point of it. I think, you know, you're looking for, you know, because I could have said the same thing, like, well, how come it wasn't in any type of pressure? There wasn't enough pressure up there that uh, you could have got Justin Herbert, you know, to, you know, throw an errant ball or whatever, you know, wobble out of his hands. Or mm. I just didn't see enough pressure on that play in itself from the inside. Uh, I think I was kind of tweeting it about that all night. Uh, about just having a little bit more, uh, you know, angst up top, man. Like in, in the middle, just needed just a little bit more firepower. And, and Chris, you know, of course, at the end of the game, man, Chris is spectacular as always. He's just always a spectacular. Uh, but sometimes you just want him more from those guys on the inside. And I think, you know, with the running game, what they were doing against us, sometimes voting to make the play down the field, you could see, you know, Nandi and is, you know, kind of getting dro- driven off the ball. I just, you know, to me, I'm just like, oh, well. But, you know, Chris came up big, 30 and 18. Like you said, going back to it, true. Hey, man, they did, the guy made a play. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we talk about uh, our, you know, being down our four receivers. And you and I on, on our show this week, you said we talked about the receivers, Tony stepping up, Sky Moore possibly stepping up. 
But you were like, keep an eye out for those tight ends there. I mean, right out the gate, we saw Noah Gray getting catch, getting uh, Jody Fortin getting involved right out the gate. Talk to us about what you saw from the tight ends today, and of course, 87. But talk to us about what you saw from the, the tight ends today. Oh, man, come on. The group, skyscrapers sky, sky in cleats, right? That's Lance, that's how we say skyscraper in cleats for my man Lance right there. I mean, <laughs> those guys were phenomenal. And you know, like I said, it, I said, look, we, we're sitting there talking about who we don't have. How about we talk about who we do have? And so we yeah. can never leave out the equation of having Jody Fortson and Noah Gray and then, of course, the great Travis Kelsey. I mean, those guys, you know, did a tremendous job, not only just catching the football, but also blocking. I mean, they did like going down the field block for Travis. Travis scores two touchdowns. If you look at who's leading both times, it's tight ends blocking for him. That's what it was. And so, man, they did a tremendous job. Uh, Jody coming out there making a catch uh, on the slant right off the gate, then catching the one down the sideline. You know, stretching out there, stretch Armstrong, getting the ball. Look like uh, Gronk there. That, yeah. that, was a, that was a Gronk-esque catch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. You know, but that's you know, it's Jody. That's Jody doing it. So well, <laughs> I'm gonna bring Gronk in there. You know, Jody's his own guy. Okay, he plays his own game. All right, that's, that's Fortson out there doing his thing. Okay, so, uh, but he did, man. He, that's and that that's what you have to when you come in. Uh, you know, it's all about how do you what's your contribution going to be, right? Is it, you know, you just kind of showing up, you know, coming in and, well, I haven't played in a long time or I haven't gotten a couple of footballs. Now it's like, man, if, as soon as they call your number, you got to make a play. And they absolutely did that. Uh, uh, Justin Watts, he did it. You know, Watson came in, caught a couple of footballs. Sky Moore, you know, we'd have never seen what it would have been able to do unless this situation with Cole Harbin and Juju being out and then Tony going down to actually see Sky Moore come out there. And I, and I was saying that it's not – and, and I was talking about this earlier also, too. I was just saying, like, look, we're not talking when we bring Kadarius Tony in. It wasn't about what Sky Moore wasn't necessarily getting or how he wasn't developing. He's still a good receiver. That's why we got him, you know, as early as we did. And he showed it. He showed exactly, you know, his development in the phase of where he is. And so that's what you look for, guys, especially in the NFL. When a guy goes down, how do you step up? How do you feel about a guy who's coming in replacing those guys that are down? Yeah, this is a game that I think actually goes all the way to the top as far as praise is considered because of the fact that this game showed what the – like Shaquille O'Neal always likes to talk about the others. This is a game of the others. Uh, you know, you have your Kobe Bryants and your Shaquille O'Neal's that win the titles, but you have to have your Derek Fishers and Robert Ory's to knock down the big shots. This is this is that kind of game. This is a Sky Moore game right here. This is an Isaiah Pacheco game because Kadarius Tony's been getting all this hype, rightfully so. We've been sitting here talking about how this guy's going to be special, and I do believe he is. But he goes down with a hamstring injury in the second half, second quarter, doesn't do anything in the game, and it doesn't matter. The, the Chiefs still score thirty points. Now Travis Kelsey scored three of the touchdowns, sure. But when it came down to those big plays, like we talked about, the first three receptions went to who? Jody Fortson, Sky Moore, and Noah Gray. Like, it's the others. This is why this offense is so much better than it was last season, as crazy as that sounds. Because of the fact that you lose a Tyreek Hill, all of a sudden defenses have to sit there and wonder, where's the ball going to outside of Travis Kelsey? But see, with the team now, you have nine, literally nine to ten different options 
that, tr that Patrick Mahomes not only can throw to, but will throw to, and he throws it to him confidently. I mean, you, you watch Patrick Mahomes throw the ball. Go watch the game back. Go watch all 22. Do what you got to do. And watch when he throws the ball to Travis Kelsey, and watch when he throws it to Justin Watson. It is the same type of zip. It is the same type of confidence that he's putting into that ball. And those are two different, significantly different players, both talent, production, everything. It's because Patrick Mahomes spent all offseason building with these young dudes, building with these new pieces. So when, even when Juju and McCole Hartman and Kadarius Toney and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, all are gone, all get out, it doesn't matter. The offense still hums. It still does what it needs to do. And that is why the others that this team went and got this offseason are going to be the difference as to why the Chiefs lost in the AFC Championship last year and win the Super Bowl this year. Because the defense does what they do like we've already addressed. They make these big plays in big moments. And then the offense does what they do, and it does not matter who's on the field. As long as 15 is zipping the ball to them, the plays are going to be made and touchdowns are going to be had, boys and girls. That's how it's going to go. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, it, that's it, the, 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 the team goes as PM15 goes, right? And, that, and that's just the reality of the situation. Uh, and it's always going to be that, you know, because he, he's, he's the most dynamic quarterback out there in the NFL right now. You know, and just during this time, man, he's just, he's just playing – absolutely a high level football and so like like lance was saying yeah when when of course tyreek hill takes his his abilities down there to uh you know to south beach well then they was like oh well what's patrick gonna do well the thing is he's he's reading the defenses he's making the throws he's he's you know being patient with everything all of his you know all of his reads that's what he's doing so that's a, it was a great thing matter of fact dude, when you look at it it's probably you know a great thing just for him where he doesn't feel like he has to force himself to throw the ball down to, you know, to Tyreek Hill, right? He's got, he's got a number of guys around him, capable guys to catch the football, who can get open, who have great hands. And so, uh, you know, as long as, like I said before, PM15 is he's upright, man, Chiefs are always going to be in the game. They're going to be fine because uh, he's going to be able to get the ball out of his hands. He's just such a competitor that you don't really worry about that as far as like being down, uh, in, you know, a number of points, regardless of what it was, right? Like I didn't even I didn't even care. I think at a certain point where they were up and you thought about well they they might go up like ten or something like like it was like you know hey Patrick is, he'll still go down and score you know right. quick with the guys he got around it right and so the guys you know they proved that uh, but you know I, I'm gonna say this hats off to also to uh, to Andy Reid running the football <laughs> yes this week yeah. hats off to that okay because he just. We seen it kind of stall out when when he started kind of passing on first. It was like, wait a minute, hold on, man. Look, Patek was getting nine yards of carry. Like, yeah. keep, keep toting the rock, keep giving it to him. All the guys was running hard. Ch came in, ran hard a few times. He came in before he got hurt, right? And so I think the the, the whole running back crew did an amazing job. Patek in, in, in particular, um, you know, he still, you know, he's he's not the best at, blo at pass blocking. We know that. You know, he kind of got thrown out the club. Over there, uh, uh, pass blocking, but you know, I think everything was good until the, the fumble by McKinnon, right? And he just yeah, yeah. a veteran guy like that, you just don't expect it out of him, uh, to fumble that ball. Now, you know, it was, was kind of shocking, but the guys, you know, what they they regrouped, you know, defense went down, played like they needed to, at least, you know, trying to get it, they got the ball back, you know, Patrick gets back, let's go back down to the uh, and go score. So, but yeah, man, we needed that, we needed. We need to reestablish that run. Like when I harp on how important the running game is to an offense, to a quarterback, you know, to the receivers, 
Like it all has to be in sync. And then when you come one dimensional, you know, it just it's tough. It's easier for a team to kind of tee off on you uh, when they're doing it that way. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to say that was kind of. Um, um, sorry, <laughs> there's some noise. Uh, <laughs> you got somebody celebrating with you. Somebody, you know, yeah. Tell them to hold on. You got important business to handle. Was, okay, you're hanging out with JD. Odd. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. Um, yeah, there, there was one time when I was in local news. I was doing a live shot, and like I was, <laughs> this is off topic. I was doing a live shot, but all of a sudden, this like I don't know where you know, like what it was a motorcycle that just reamed by me, and I'm in the middle of like talking to the anchor, and all of a sudden, this thing like goes by me. And I, I kind of get started. I'm like. What was that? <laughs> I, got, I got killed for it on Facebook. All, all the local news viewers killed me for it. I gotta um, find that clip. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it does exist online somewhere, but um, but uh, I think tonight, like you know, we talk about the other guys, right? And 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 we talk about the progression of Mahomes through the years. If you think back to, I think it was like a second year. Um, I think I think it was the when we played the Colts on Sunday Night Football. Um, it was the second year of starting. And we were down Tyreek and um, Watkins got hurt that game. It didn't come back in. And we didn't really do much that game. I think we, we lost like 19 to 10 that game. But our offense looked horrible that game. He didn't have his top two guys. It was like, oh, this is what's going to happen when you don't have your top two guys. Fast forward to today, he didn't have his top four wide receivers, right, during that game. And, I mean, 20 of 34, 329 yards, three touchdowns. And uh, a game-winning drive at the end. I mean, it just it just shows you the progression of what he's become. Not being so reliant, like you said, JD. Not being so reliant on one guy. Where, you know, he's looking to his one guy. You know, like Tyreek. You know, being forced to throw the ball to him. Um, now he has a kind of and also a whole assortment of receivers and the depth he has now is much better than we we had back then. Because really, it was Tyreek and Watkins and then everybody else. Now it's kind of you know distributed across the board with all those receivers. So yeah, just seeing that from one Sunday night football game to another, that a couple years later just shows the progression of Mahomes and you know it's well unreal. and also and you see a progression also in how Andy Reid is trusting the run game because if you go back to that game as well, now there was context because Eric Fisher was also missing in that game as well. So Patrick Mahomes also had a foot injury he was dealing with. So there was a lot going on in that game, but you saw – I think the Chiefs only ran the ball like 15 times in that game against the Colts, and that was never out of reach. I mean, the the Colts were only up, I think, by six the entire time. So that game should have been a lot different. You're seeing the progression as a a collective in the Mahomes era where they're starting to trust other people a little bit more because, like we said – before, man, it was all right. It's Pat, it's Travis Kelsey, or it's Tyree Kill, and then every once in a while you'll sprinkle in a Byron Pringle or a Demarcus Robinson. Now it's flu, it's fluid. It's you have no idea who's going to lead the team in receiving targets. I mean, Travis Kelsey more times than not, but outside of him, man, you have no idea who the others are going to be. Who's going to strike? Nobody outside of my guy. I'll give respect to my guy Mark Gunnels. He did call it. He said Sky Moore was going to have a game tonight, and he did. This was a Sky Moore game, but again. No, I mean, imagine trying to defend. Imagine trying to game plan against this defense each and every week. Imagine being the Rams coming up this week. How do you game plan? What do you do? You know what I mean? Like, it just—it's that difficult to beat this team, man. And they showed it in full display tonight. Yeah, and I think mainly, like you said, how do you how do you beat this team? It's always like, look, we can't let eighty-seven beat us. He's still going to beat you. He's still going to make his catches. But like like you said, the others, the guys around him, you know, are are, are performing, and so. That that is such an incredible feeling to have, especially in the locker room and the guys having confidence out there, which is just giving everybody, like you said, Andy Reid, the whole, you know, everybody out there, the enemy, everybody sitting over saying, "Man, look, we know we can play now with anybody. We know that." So uh, that's a great feeling to have. And so when you got guys holding holding the fort down until all your main guys get back, 
hey, this, this that's what it's all about in the NFL. Uh, but uh, what I like, though, too, kind of saying that is saying, well, like you said, the, the main guys, these guys that supposedly be replacing them, these guys could be right there, right there with them, right? I mean, I mean, shoot, Sky Moore, like I said, he's he's shoot, first round pick, man. We know what we got in him. Uh, but man, I, I just loved, it. I just loved everything that I saw out there uh, offensively. I really did. Um, so you talk about the the O line play, um, like you know we were able to run the ball today, um, and I think Chargers are second in uh, second worst run defense in the league this year. So we exploited what uh, many other teams have exploited, um, but. What was noticeable was we were able to run the ball, and then that last drive. I mean, I think the entire game of Holmes was, was pretty tough. I mean, they were kind of getting you were getting to him. They only had one stack, but they were getting to him, kind of you know roughing him up a little bit. That last drive, though, they let him have all day back there to do his thing, and that that was what stood out to me. It was like wow, like they when it was time, like they let him do his thing. They they let him have all the time in the world in that last drive. What did you see from the the old line play uh, today, uh, JD, throughout the entire game? And then also, especially on that last drive. Yeah. So in, throughout the entire game, I seen guys coming off the football, hitting guys in the mouth. I mean, it, it was a lot of execution just coming out there, uh, getting their hands on the defenders, and you know, Pacheco finding the hole. And that's all you you really need, especially in the NFL. Like you should be there in a split second, right? As soon as you get the football, he should be gone. And that's what I loved about Pacheco because Pacheco was hitting the hole hard. He was, you know, if he he make a cut. He's making a cut and he's gone, which it should be in the NFL. It's one cut and go. And so, man, he just did a great job. But those guys are up there. They was absolutely blasting the defensive line. I thought it was a fan of call on Creed. Creed bought the dude too well. That when they called and made the hold call on him, I was just like, man, it was just that was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And then the same thing to Tony. Tony came up and hit him straight up. It, it looked like it faced up hitting. So it just bad calls. Uh but they did a great job, man, coming off the football and just, like, you know, creating holes for them. The last part, it seemed like Patrick was trusting him more, staying in the pocket, okay? Yeah. He was a little bit more patient. He was just like, okay, I can feel the collapse, but these guys are still holding up just enough to get the ball off. And I think it's what Patrick, you know, he kind of settled in a little bit because, you know, sometimes he'll sit back and get a little antsy, right? You'll start seeing him getting little happy feet start moving around. And it's like, oh, well, hold on. Like, you know, just, just wait there for a second. There was one, uh, uh, Travis was open. And, uh, you know, Patrick just didn't give him enough time for him to get open. And he sat in the pocket, but he just kind of got a little happy feet and threw the ball. But it seemed like at last drive, he just trusted the offensive line. He trusted the receivers. He just trusted everybody offensively to do what they needed to do, doing their job to make it right, to get them a chance to win the football game. And they did. Yeah, people. I think people forget also, maybe not us here, and I know that a lot of Chiefs fans pay attention to this stuff very closely, but I think nationwide, a lot of people forget just the gauntlet this offensive line has gone through this year as far as facing defensive front sevens, how difficult it's been for them for the first couple of months of this season. And even tonight, even though the Chargers defense is not good, you still have a borderline Hall of Famer and Khalil Mack on that other side, and the fact the Chiefs are still over there playing makeshift with their right tackle position. They still don't have a starting right tackle at right tackle. Andrew Wiley's trying. You know, uh, 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 King did a really good job last week. We talked about this. But those are fill-ins. And the Chiefs offensive line still finds ways that, again, when the moments are at, it's at the apex, when they have to go and get one, 
These guys give Patrick Mahomes that protection. It's time for people to start giving my boy Orlando Brown some credit here. I know people love to bag on him because he wanted the big fat contract, didn't get it. People said he hasn't lived up to it. I understand that. He has not played great. He hasn't played to the level that some people have expected. But my God, this guy has stepped up, and he's given Patrick Holmes a lot of protection on that blind side over this last month. He has played a lot better than people are giving him credit for. And now we know Creed Humphrey has been an elite center. Joe Tooney is an elite guard. Trey Pancake Papa Smith is a nasty MF. But at the end of the day, those tackles have to show up, and that left tackle, Mr. Orlando Brown Jr. himself, the legacy player has stepped up and made some big key moments and key blocks. He's not perfect, but I trust that dude, and I know Patrick Mahomes does as well. And they stepped up, in those, and like you said, Marcus, when they had to do it in that final drive, Patrick was sitting back there doing his taxes. He was back there drinking pina coladas, just scouring the field, who he's going to pick the poison with this time. And it worked to precision. And it went. that drive could not have been more perfect, and it starts – in the trenches and those guys took care of business man it all starts with them if it wasn't for them we don't know if it happens it probably doesn't guys and then we're sitting here talking about well let's see if the chiefs can maintain the one seed let's see if they can maintain the afc west we don't got to worry about that now fellas it's all taken care of it's in the bag right right that's a fact um and i know there's a couple things i wanted to touch on but um since we're talking about the offensive line the offensive side of things um tony got hurt Hamstring injury, which he's battled through his entire career so far, short career, but that's what he's been battling. Um, Harvin's out for at least three more games. Um, and so, and Juju will probably come back next week. So, we're still going to be out two guys. And I know this guy over here, Lance, big OBJ fan. Um, should we make a play at OBJ with these the, the, the receiver injuries right now, or should we, based on what we saw tonight, are we fine with what we got? This is I'll, JD. I'll take this real quick because I know yeah, you have a much more intelligent statement on this. But I will say this: if there was ever a time that they needed to go and make a move, it's now, guys. Because think about this: I had I had again Mark, my guy Mark Gunnels on our show this Saturday, and he said something that I didn't really think about that much either: is that OBJ has been somebody that's been preaching a lot this off this season about playing on grass and how he is so against turf. The only two teams that have been on his list that have grass, natural grass on their fields are the Chiefs and the 49ers. So if you really think about it, if OBJ is trying to protect his knees at 30 years old while trying to contend and make a little bit of money here, I think this is the perfect place for him. And I don't need to, I don't need to redo the sales pitch here, but he's also now as close to a need as he would ever be in Kansas City. I don't think that he'll ever be a need here. He's a big want. But with Hardman going to be out for the next month, with Juju coming back from a concussion, we don't know the severity of Tony like you addressed. There's, there's adding, adding talent is never a negative thing. I know Jason playing back in his day. If they knew that they could go and add a Randy Moss, and I'm not trying to compare OBJ, I'm just saying, if you, knew, you, could, if you, if you knew you could go and add a, 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 a really good wide receiver, if you guys knew you can add that to your offense, even though you had Tony, Jason Dunn, Eddie Kennison, Priest Holmes, even though you know you had your guys, if you knew you could add something that could be a difference maker, why in the world would you not do it? So I don't want to put words in your mouth there, J.D., but I would imagine that'd be something to be like, hell yeah, let's get that guy on this team. That's the way I think the Chiefs are looking at this. I don't know. He might end up in Dallas, but that's a turf field. I just can't imagine that OBJ is going to feel comfortable with his knees, back-to-back ACL tears. He's going to sign up for that, especially if he's looking for a long-term deal, trying to play for a team into his 30s on a turf field. I just don't know if that's going to work for him. I'm just going by what he said. And what he's saying, it makes a lot of sense to come to Kansas City. 
Uh, well, I'll tell you this, okay, because I, I guess you could argue on either side of it. Uh, and and it, this is how I feel about it, to be honest with you. Uh, you can go ahead and make a play for OBJ, but they still projected him somewhere in mid-December, you know, coming out to play, right? And so he still had to learn, the you know, the whole uh, uh, the playbook, you know, get acclimated with all these guys, with Patrick and all of that. So I think tonight, if anything, I think it dispels having OBJ come in, to be honest with you. Just my opinion. I mean, seriously, because when you had Scott Moore come in, Justin Watson was able to do his thing. You know, Travis is going, you know, he does where he's always going to be the number one receiver. Then you got Jody and, and uh, 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 Noah doing a great job out there. MVS is still out there also, too. So you got, I mean, you got players. You know, the thing is, Juju's going to be back. So these guys are going to be able to hold it down, I think, against a, a pretty decent secondary, you know, but all, you know, intensive purposes. I mean, really, you know, pretty decent guys that you're going against. Uh, so I, I think it just showed that, you know what, the type of rapport that they have with one another, that type of chemistry that they, they, they you know, absolutely display tonight. Uh, I, I, you know, bringing another guy in, I don't know if you necessarily need it. I, I just don't. So I'll, I'm just saying, okay, let's say Kadarius Tony's hamstring is not that severe. Okay. He's out two weeks, maybe if he's, if he's doing that, you know, he's able to come in. And almost like they had Kenyon Allen tonight, right? So what you do is you look at how many plays he's going to play in a game, okay? Not to re-injure, the, you know, the hamstring. Uh, so you can do that and put him on a, a play count. Uh, but the other guys, I just I, I name all the other guys around Patrick to that he can get the ball to. So uh, I just think, you know, like I said, Juju's coming back. Harmon, uh, he'll come back when he when it's needed. But I think with Sky Moore coming out, his this coming out party for today, I think man, he's just a solid guy. He, he's a solid guy that you got. Uh, I think the guys kind of behind him also too. We were talking about uh, you know Powell being up there, you know Kim. I mean, it's, it's guys. We we got guys. We got guys that can play. And so, like I said, PM15 is going to be able to get the ball to any anybody that's out there right now. But I think we got capable guys. You know, like I said, Justin Watson, he had three for sixty-seven. Sky had five for sixty-three. You know. Uh, uh, MVS, you know, he only had one. I think I see somebody was on the uh, was on the uh, uh, the comments talking about MVS falling down every time. You know, I just think he's just uh, he's a he's, yeah yeah he's yeah he's he didn't really stand out, but he's still a guy, right? He's a guy that could you could hit him for three or four you know catches if you need to. So uh, I don't I don't count him out. I don't. You know, you bring him here, you know, for him to 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 fill a role, and I think he'll he'll be able to do that if you need him necessarily. Tonight you just you didn't really need it. You didn't need to, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I, I just think OBJ. It, you know, I think it's the name. Everybody likes the name. Everybody likes the catches. You know, OBJ and I, right? And it sounds great. And I, I get it. I get that part of it, man. But I don't know. Those dudes kind of showed out tonight, and uh, I like to give those guys their due, right? I really do. I like to ride the hot, you know, hot horse and uh, and go with Sky Moore. Uh, Justin Watson, you know, Travis and I said Fortson out there, man. I like that. I like that combination. I do. And if we're running the football effective like we are with Pacheco, and now, now it seems like we have no choice but to have Rojo go ahead, right? He's going to have to dress now, okay? Because yeah. CH is going to be out. So <laughs> he might be that other guy that you need. It might be the shoot, two-handed uh, monster that's going to run the football effectively. Right. So 
all that helps. All that helps offensively. I, I, you know, seriously. JD, if, if our guy Rojo gets called up, man, I'm going to send you the biggest bucket of mac and cheese you've ever had in your oh, life, man. I'm telling you right now. You're going to eat the whole thing. You're going to eat the whole thing on the post game. Hey, man, I'm going to send it right back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, man. I, look, and, and look, Pacheco running as hard as he, as, as he did tonight. We see McKinnon because McKinnon was a little banged up, and I was just like, okay, if one of these guys go down, not saying Pacheco can't, you know, he couldn't shoulder the responsibility, but if you have another guy that runs hard like that, man, come on, shoot, you're gonna give everybody headaches on defense. So, yeah, um, I, I will say, uh, Rojo, it would be interesting, you know, if McKinnon is banged up and then no CH, and you got Rojo and, um, and Pacheco, those are two guys who really aren't pass catching backs. So that that'd be kind of interesting to see what happens with with that. I mean, if if McKinnon is banged up at some point, uh, and if if Ch is out for a long term, if they go get somebody, or maybe, um, you know, maybe get uh, Tony to play in the backfield a little bit, or, or Sky Moore to play in the backfield a little bit. No, 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 not, no, not not to run the ball. I'm saying no. more to that have as, as a guy next to him. No, no, no. It, it's swing passes. That's all you just give them swing passes. They you could they catch a swing pass. I just, you know, maybe run down the field catching it, you know, over somebody is maybe the difficulty. But I think, well, I think JD, if if, if they if, if they don't have a, a, a quote unquote catch pass or a pass catching back available, you know, because like you said, Rojo and 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 Pacheco are more of a quote unquote bruiser style. That's yeah. when you want to play a little more twelve personnel. Wouldn't you agree? Where you have more of those tight ends available, that way you're getting that extra chip. Because if you don't have the pass pro McKinnon guys like that extending those blocks, you want to play more Noah Gray, more Jody Fortson, like they did tonight. They play. I saw them play a few per, uh, twelve personnel snaps tonight. Maybe yeah. play more a little bit of that if you don't have Clyde and McKinnon because McKinnon has been in there essentially to play pass pro, where he's been protecting Patrick's blind side, giving extensions to Andrew Wiley that added protection. If they don't have those guys, it's got to be twelve personnel pretty heavy, wouldn't you say? I would say that, you know, but but I, I think I, I don't think we give them enough credit, you know, for catching the passes, you know, because there's, there's certain obviously certain routes are different, you know, what you want to do. So, I, you know, what you do is you gear toward what they're good at. Right. I think a swing pass. Anybody's just it's just a pitch. Pretty much. It's all it is. It's just a, a throw pitch pretty uh, that you're giving a guy. And so you're not really asking, uh, you know, them to to kind of run routes like you see. Uh, I don't know who, who who would be a. I'm trying to think about. Uh, maybe like Kamara, you know, doing things like he does. Not n- nothing where he's just running down the field and and one on one with the with the with the linebacker, kind of getting yeah. open. I think it's just more kind of swing passes extended to the outside, things of that nature that you want to give him. But like you said, twelve personnel, no doubt about it, uh, that you can necessarily do. Uh, but man, I, I'm telling you, if you run the ball effectively and you're just doing that, then I mean. You know, you could shoot. You could pretty much do anything. Yeah. That one play with Derwin James, though, did did show you that, uh, you know, pass protection is, you know, that that is one of his cons. It is one of Pacheco's cons. I mean, and, you know, he's a rookie, so he's got time to develop that and, you know, become better at that. But, oh, boy. You see, you got thrown out the club. You know, he, he showed Derwin James his, uh, his fake ID, and he, 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 didn't, he didn't take it at all. Dude. He, got, he got him out of the pass. Yeah. He's like, oh. <laughs> hey, yeah, it looked, yeah, it looked bad. I, you know, hey. moonwalking out there. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I will say about Odell, um, and I know it's a, it's a popular name and stuff, but 
with the amount, and I know he wants a long-term deal, longer multi-year deal, so two- to three-year deal. You give him a two- to three-year deal, we're going to have a lot of these receivers on our team. Harmon's gone uh, next year. That would probably be the, the one thing I would say is, like, oh, yeah, it's a December signing, and we're happy with the guys we have now. But you bring him in, you sign him for a two-year, two- to three-year deal, you probably get a bigger discount than you would next offseason where he's actually healthy again, and then people will actually be able to pay a little more for him. You, you get him now, about a two-year deal. I think that's that's the one thing that kind of well I, I'd like us to throw our hat in the ring for for that for that reason alone because we're going to have a lot of guys who are free agents next year and you bring him in he learns the offense a little bit this year he might provide us something in the playoffs if he can and we have him still in house for going forward but that, that's the one thing I would say about OBJ. Let me let me just say something real quick to that because that's where I stand on it. To me, I've always said that OBJ to me is a playoff signing. He's a guy that you want to bring in to add because you saw what he did just this last Super Bowl. That guy was on his way to being the MVP of the Super Bowl until his knee gave out. He comes in here not as a guy that's even going to be the wide receiver two more than likely. He'll be wide receiver three. I feel very good about having OBJ's talents as my wide receiver three. And again, when it comes to the long-term deal, I know that's what he wants. But more than likely, and maybe this will come back and I'll look totally wrong on this, so freezing cold takes, pay attention to what I'm about to say. But I'm telling you guys right now, I don't see OBJ getting a long-term deal with any team that's going to contend. And I know that's what he wants. He wants to win, too. So I just have a hard time believing he's going to get this. Any type of contract that's going to pay him any real guaranteed dollars over the next two to three years. So the Chiefs are a team that is – it's it, there's a lot of incentives for the Chiefs to go and get him for the rest of this year because they're not going to have to pay him a ton of money. And if he plays well, then they can revisit the conversation this offseason and say, hey, look, we really love this relationship we got with you. You know, we got a lot of money coming off the books this year. We got a ton of money available. We would love to keep you. If not, you showcased your abilities. There's going to be another team out there that's going to give you a two-year, $34 million deal. That's not really in our price range. So either way, it's going to work out for him and the Chiefs if he comes here because both will benefit off the relationship and he can help them get to another Super Bowl and then he can go and get that Super Bowl tax added on because his back-to-back years of playing in the Super Bowl can get him another payday. That's the way I look at it. It may not happen. The Cowboys might go over there and just overspend on him, but I just don't see the market from people I've talked to that are in the know. They don't think he has a very rich market right now based on age, availability, everything that J.D. just laid out. That's why I think he's a perfect he's a perfect player for this team moving forward for this season in particular. Yeah, and 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 to be honest with you, I, that's what I think. You know, he's going to try to get that money. I do. You know, he's, he's OBJ. I'm still OBJ. Listen, I I get. I want to win a championship. I do, but also yeah. too, I want to get paid for what I do as well when I come in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I know Beach is that Joker's tight boy. That Joker, you know. <laughs> You know, he's looking to see how much money he got. He's looking at the wallet like, uh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> he might have something for you. I don't know. Yet. You know so. He's like, you take Venmo or Cash App? <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, so that, that's the only thing with, with, with him. Uh, you know, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not completely against OBJ being here. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it. Shoot, if he wants to come here and he wants to win – and it 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 works like you said for the Chiefs, uh, you know, uh, financially. Shoot, you know why not? Why not bring a guy like that? He, I mean, he's a talented guy. Uh, the reality is, if he's trying to get paid, you know, some big bucks because of OBJ, I'd be like, man, he got two knee injuries. Like, you yeah. know, for real. Like, come on, yeah. man. Like, yeah. let's just be honest here. So that's the only thing. If he's if he's willing to 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 come in for the right price, absolutely get the guy if you can. 
Yeah. And I think realistically, if we are going to sign somebody just to, you know, as a body with these, some of these guys are injured, it probably won't be OBJ. It'll probably be someone who's familiar with the system. I mean, it could be Josh Gordon. He's on the practice squad with the Saints right now. Could could be that we could sign him off their uh, practice squad. I mean, he knows our system. Chris you know, Conley's out there still. Conley as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, th- those are all the other names out there that I could see us more realistically. So I think the Dallas, there was something to it. And Jerry Jones, talk about a guy who likes names. That guy likes names. Um, oh, yeah. But, <laughs> um, so this is one thing that um, happened today in today's game that um, Harrison Bucker looked like Harrison Bucker again. Um, and that's one thing the last few weeks we've kind of said, like, what's, what's going on here? Uh, is, is the injury still acting up? Um, I know, J.D., you were like, give him time, give him time. You know, this guy's got history with us. Give him time. Um, so it was good to see him do his thing. Uh, were you guys happy with uh, his performance today? Oh, yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> Just looking at it. Every time I was holding my breath, every kick, he's like, yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I was joking back. I'm like, he's back. He's good. You know, he didn't work it out his system. I told you, it may be just a little something. He just needed to work out his system. I mean, he looked good today. He was flawless. So, hey, hats off to him. And yeah, said, it's funny. Oh, you got to leave him alone, man. You just got to let that joker be over in the corner. Let him do what he need to do, okay? And it, let him just get on the bus. So. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you guys say that. I'm glad you brought up Bud because I do want to give him his praise for what he did tonight because he was absolutely nails, uh, three for three on extra points, which is what I care about the most. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at the fact that he. I mean, this is what I love about Harrison Butker is that when he had that was it? A, I think it was a 57 yard field goal he hit early in the game. Like mm-hmm. I knew that was going in. I didn't. I didn't. Even, I, I actually didn't even watch it happen. I was over here doing my thing over here, getting ready for the next uh, set of downs for the defense. I knew he was going to make it because that's what he does. That's why he's great, and that's why he's also frustrating because it comes down to the extra points when he just shanks him to the right, shanks him to the left. It's so damn frustrating because you're like, those are the easy ones, bro. you got to make those. Those are the easy ones. We can live with you missing a 50-plus yarder because those are difficult, but he sinks those. And so I said on our show Saturday the key because we always give out two key players uh, for each matchup before the game. And my my final my final key player was Harrison Butker. I said if he kicks his field goals tonight, the Chiefs are going to win the game. And what do you know? It's a three point victory. He nailed all of his field goals, all of his extra points. I think if there's anybody getting a game ball, I know Patrick Holmes is going to get the praise, rightfully so. Travis Kelsey, Nick Bolton, all these guys are going to be you know be praised. We've been talking about it for 48 minutes now. But Harrison Butker is the guy that really did the dirty work, if we're being honest here. Because if he had missed them, we're sitting here crushing him for it because the Chiefs probably lose the game. So we got to give him his props too, man. He had an he had an incredible game, best game of the season. Yeah, no, I think they should recognize him, no doubt about it. Uh, and and they give him the confidence, letting him him letting him know that they didn't lose any confidence in what he, his ability at all too. Right, and that, that's very important, you know, for a player and especially a kicker, right? So, you know, you always got to pat them guys on the back, man. Hey, man, how was your day today? It was good? Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> hey, let's, let's have a great day tonight. How about that? We're going to have it? You know, just keep talking to these guys. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that's so sticking with special teams, um, the last thing I'll bring up here. Um, so – the kick return that was been that's been an issue that JD Knight talked about since going back to the preseason, and we I we just don't have it. I don't think we have a kick returner on the on the roster. It seems it's, it just seems like uh, this week they said uh, Tube said that they were going to try to get Pacheco off of kick return duties because I mean he's taking what he's having like 15 carries now a game. He's he's a bigger part of our offense now, so let's get him off of kick return. Um, but that 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 one that he that he took at the six yard line. Like, I mean, you could have let that go or, you know, done the old uh, go out of bounce and, and catch it trick. But I mean, 
what, what are we doing here with our uh, with our kick return duties? Frustrating. Frust, frustrating. Frustrating. You know this, <laughs> yeah, I know. Let me take that joke from me. I'm sitting back and just like, oh man, let me talk on this for a second. Man, you know what? It's just you know when when you see it, you're like, no, like what are you doing? It was funny because the very first kickoff. I was like, I stood up like, hey, he let it go. Like, he didn't try to return yeah. it. Like, oh, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. I teased my brother, man, because he, he he lived in Jersey uh, and used to play, see him play in high school. So I always tease him about Pacheco a little bit. It's always good <laughs> stuff. But I, I just – there's got to be another guy. There, there has to be. I just – I just for whatever reason, I, I just – I don't know why they're not putting anybody else back there. Uh you got all these athletes, all these DBs, and nobody can return to football. This is the best you got. Shoot, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is by far the worst special teams under Dave Tobe since he's been here, and it's and that's and that's not knocking him because he's been incredible. So the standard is so high. Dave Tobe is widely considered the best special teams coach in the entire league. So the standard is always going to be really high. So if you're if you're average. Or just right under below average, the the, the criticism is going to be at an all time high. Like when Patrick Mahomes had his struggles last season, everyone was like, "Oh, he's broken." The league's figured him out. No, he just had a slump, and then he got out of it, and he's been the greatest quarterback in the world since. So Dave Tobe is just—I I think he's kind of like what we talk about with Spagnolo and how he's had this new rehauled defense full of young guys, and that's not really deep. That's not really his his style. He likes to have more veterans out there. So this has been an adjustment for Spags as well. I think that's what's happening here also for Do- Tobe, and I'm not making an excuse for him because I think I think he hasn't done a very good job this year in comparison to his previous seasons. I think they're still trying to find that mix, but I agree 100% because of the fact that Isaiah Pacheco is without question the running back one on this team. And I said before the season that by week 11, he would be the running back one because he just got supreme talent. Pacheco is such a talented player. He gets it right. He's going to get it right. And that's what's happened. So you got to take that off because furthermore, it's not even just about getting Pacheco out of it. It's about developing that next guy. And that is the problem, is the Chiefs don't really have that. If I had to pick a person, it's McCole Harden without question, but he's not available. So they're going to have to really, really configure this out, man. If there is, like you said, a defensive back, maybe that has a past of, of returning kicks or punts back in his college days, getting him acclimated into that system, something's got to change because if Pacheco goes down, then what? Then you're even more screwed because he's down. You're down two positions at that point. So they got to really figure this out quick. I'm trusting Dave Tobe to do it because this dude has been incredible. He's been a legend at what he does. But I haven't been impressed so far, man. And I think I think the Chiefs definitely got to get this going because Jason, Jason, you know this better than we than we do. Me and Marcus, special teams can lose you games, especially in the playoffs. They can screw you over, man. So got to get this right now. And and this stretch that's coming up against teams that the Chiefs should very much beat. This would be the time to really start experimenting and trying to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about three phases of the game. You know, special teams is one of those phases. It's very important and it's vital to uh, the success of a team. And like you said, we, we've seen it when, you know, when we lost against Indianapolis. Now that, you know, other weeks it's like, man, wait a minute, hold on. This is like starting to bite us yeah. in the tail, making things closer to what they need to be. Uh, but it has to be another guy out there. I'm, I'm just – I. I I, I don't know why they haven't tried. Maybe they tried to practice, and maybe they're—I don't know—they're just not trying a guy right now. Uh, well, they have uh, what's his name? Is is he still on the practice squad? I don't even know or not. Ely is he still on the practice squad? 
He was suspended for a little bit. I think he's I think he's off the suspension, isn't he? Is he? I believe he should be. He should be reinstated from that suspension. He got suspended around the same time uh, Willie Gay did, so I'm, I'm assuming yep. he should be back, ready to go. Yep. So I, I don't know if he's been active though, but I do. I do know he's back right. from suspension. Right. So see, if if you're sitting there saying like, okay, look, this is a guy that may be able to become, you know, our, our kick returner and our punt returner. He can do both. Yeah. Right? He's just going to be that guy. Shoot. Uh, and if he if he's Filling in, like let's just say for CEH is going to be out. He could probably just do that. I mean, you still get your two backs that you need, you know, to handle, you know, the majority of other stuff out there. But even if he's just going to be your your guy, that little scat guy, scat back return guy, shoot, you you might have to just use him, you know, for, yep. just for those things in itself. So, yeah, Ely's Ole Miss highlights are pretty fun to watch, actually. So yeah. I, yeah. I encourage I encourage everybody who's watching this to watch the uh, the Jerry Neely highlights from Ole Miss. He was oh, he's a real awesome. deal. Yes, sir. He's a real deal now. He could he can he can look. He could fly. He's he's his fast guy. He he got some twitch in him too. Yeah. So, um, I know for a fact that that's a guy that they do have. Um, you know, there in, in the building they can mm-hmm. use. Yeah, he was no Dexter McCluster, but. Pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring up old 22, huh? I like yeah, it. Yeah. Those are fun times. The old Miss Scatbacks. Gotta love them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, last thing, I just want to give a props to a guy who was crapped on by many – one specific content creator, but I, I've seen other people uh, dog him too. We talked about him on our show before. Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton dominated today. Um, he had those two – there's two silly penalties, um, one which led to the, the awful kick return, uh, and then and then the uh, the what do you call it the uh, the rough in the passer or was it the the, the push out, out of bounds? Um, not rough in the passer, but unnecessary roughness. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so want to give props to Nick Bolton. What 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 are you what are you seeing of him? I, I think outside of Chris Jones, I think that's the MVP of our defense. I mean, he's an animal. He's awesome. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it, uh, whoever's hating on Nick Bolton, man, just don't like Nick Bolton. That's just a personal <laughs> thing. I mean, to be honest with you, that's must something, be. man. Huh? It, mu- it must be personal. Seriously, no I, I man, come on. This, the, the guy's textbook, as far as man, technique wise, what he's doing, how he scrapes the hole, how he just swabs it, man. He done it. He does a tremendous job tackling. You know, being where he needs to be. Like you know, he's Johnny in the spot. He gets the interception at the end of the game. That's one guy I don't worry about on defense at all, at all. Nick Bolton, I don't care. If he messes up, I'm like, okay, that's all right. He'll make it up. I ain't worried about Nick, not at all. Shoot, if he's a, he's as solid as you can come, as you can get on a defense linebacker in the game, period. Seriously, Nick Bolton is he, he's like you said, he he's definitely, if not uh, the second most valuable player on the defense. Uh, I mean, that's him without a doubt. Well, damn. I mean, I feel like I don't even have to say anything else because uh, former Chiefs player right there, former NFL player just said it for me. I mean, if he's saying it, that must mean it's the gospel because, as I recall, I was seeing people saying, hey, you know, Chiefs fans may not like to hear this, but Nick Bolton took a step back this year. And as I recall, Nick Bolton going into this game was eighth in the league in solo tackles, fellas. And as I recall, I just saw Nick Bolton make the play of the game on the defensive side while the Chargers were driving on a, maybe an inevitable game-winning drive, and he bopped that ball out and made himself an even bigger legend in the Chief Concerns post-game show than he was previous. So I'm enjoying it. I'm over here smoking on this Chargers pack. 
A lot thanks to Mr. Nick Bolton over there. <laughs> I true. I true. Yeah, man. He just, it, you know, when I when I look on the, you know, the tackles, his name is always at the top. I mean, as, as it should be. You know, he's a stud out there on defense. I mean, you know, what are you going to say? I mean, seriously, I just, uh, you know, taking a step back. Uh, I like I haven't I haven't seen that personally. Somebody say that, uh, you know, I would have <laughs> probably went out like, man, you're crazy. Like, what do you? How do you? I'll send it to you after the show. I'll send it to you after the show. Yeah, send it to me. I'm just like, what? What? Like, okay, this dude must be smoking something different. You know what I mean? You know, you, you know, he's on something else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, Nick Bolton is. I mean, as solid as as a guy you can get defensively, man, as a linebacker. I mean, he's a tackling machine, and he's he's true. He like I said, he he's where he needs to be. Every time I don't worry about this guy at all. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered all topics for, for this, uh, for this one after, after, uh, after that game, uh, that nail biting, uh, win. Um, uh, so that does it for chief concerns after dark. Um, we got some exciting news. So chief concerns, uh, on Wednesday, we will bring him back. Our guy, uh, co-host, uh, former Chiefs cornerback, Eric Warfield, will be joining yeah. uh, me and JD back on chief concerns. Uh, long time yeah. coming, you know, coming back on Thanksgiving, get get get, the, get our crew together for our Friendsgiving on uh, on Chief Concerns uh, uh, Wednesday night. So on um, Thursday, the episode will, will, will air on YouTube and everywhere you can get podcasts. Um, but yeah, JD, um, myself, and Eric, the crew is back together. The band's back together on uh, um, this week. So um, that's what we got going on for our show. Lance, what you got going on for uh, for the people for uh, the Spoken Podcast? Well, let me first of all say that I am so excited to hear that E Dub is back. Uh, that that just feels right. It feels like I mean the the Chiefs being eight and two, you know, top of the AFC, top of the AFC West is great and all. But E Dub back on the show, man, I, I'm 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 gonna definitely be tuning into that, guys. I'm gonna take time to make sure that my my family knows that I'm supporting them. And now that Eric Eric's back, that's that's great to hear, man. I appreciate them being back. We are uh, gonna be business as usual on Saturday. 11 o'clock a.m. Central Time. We'll be discussing what just took place in this Chiefs-Chargers game while Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback who's ever lived. And I'm sure that we'll be able to talk to you guys a little bit more throughout the week about what's going on. But, man, we got a fun-filled show coming up, and I cannot wait to get to to that. We're going to talk plenty of World Cup because, as we all know, that's going on as well. And our co-host, Eddie Ortiz, is big into that. But, man, we got a lot to go on, a lot going on. And I know that you guys will be watching the Chief Concerns. So slide over on Saturday and come hang out with us, man. It's going to be a good time. Awesome. Sounds good, brother. Sounds good. Well, listen, hey, you have a wonderful and, and blessed holiday as well for you and your family during this time. Hope everybody travels uh, with traveling grace and uh, get there. Don't eat too much, man. Uh, uh, you know, mac and cheese. Keep it. Let me know how it tastes, brother. All right. You know I'm how sending it that bucket. I'm sending that bucket to you, man. You're going to enjoy every bit of it, too. I love you guys, man. I really appreciate you guys. Let me be here with you guys. It means a lot. Absolutely, man. Love you, course, too, brother. Man. All right, well, have a happy Thanksgiving to all our uh, Chief Concerns uh, post-game viewers, and we'll be back next Sunday after the Chiefs game. So, Lance, happy Thanksgiving, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys. All right, brother. See you guys. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Believe. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.